Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, yo, what's up, world? This is DJ JS1 of the legendary Rocksteady Crew. And right now, you're listening to The Library with my man, Tim Einenkel, on RapStation.com. Strictly the real hip-hop. Peace. Yeah, go music. Yeah, uh huh. Lost cause, sick nature. I was an 80s baby, raised in the 90s. I was barely touching 13 when shit got grimy. I had a bald head, army fatigue hoodie. I thought I was sticky fingers. My fingers stayed in some pussy. Tim's on my feet, my cipher complete. On a stolen BMX, looking for a cipher to eat. In the staircases, 40 bottles of Dutch guts. Guns everywhere, eyes burning from the dust blunts. I will a warrior, certified street fighter. Sour patch kids in the corner playing street fighter. No fathers around, we let the streets guide us. Lost so many brothers, yeah, you know the streets got us. Thank God for hip hop, for chain digging pop, for Nas and Big L. Last step, live up the block. Black door made me believe I can make it. Ninety shit, this was my education. My next guest's name is DJ Legal, and he's part of the German hip hop production group known as the Snow Goons, who who've dropped their latest album, uh, Goon Bap, on December 12, twenty sixteen. Snow Goons has worked with groups such as Onyx, MOP, members of Wu Tang Clan, Boot Clamp Click. And many other artists joining me via Skype from Germany, DJ Ligo. I want to welcome you to the library with Tim Einikel on RapStation.com. What's good? What's good, man? What drew you to hip hop culture, but also to rap music? And then, do you remember who the first producer you heard, or first MC you heard, and and like what song was playing, and the kind of what what hooked you on that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty old school, so this started actually already in the late 80s. I remember I was playing with Lego, basically, still as a child, and I had always like mixtapes running from, from my uncle. It wasn't actually even mixtapes, it was just regular tapes with music on it. And it was pretty mixed up music, though, like, you know, Scorpions, some rock stuff, or Nina, 99 Balloons, like pop oh, music. Wow. Nice. But then there was there was one song, Grandmaster Flash, The Message. <laughs> I didn't even know the name back then or whatever, but I knew from, from like, I was listening to this tape constantly. Like, I, I knew already the next song and stuff, but that song was my favorite song for some reason because it's like that song catched me the most. And at the, at the end of probably a year or whatever, I knew even 
how to fast forward exactly to that song on the tape, how long I need to push the tape to get to that song, though. That's how, how much I was listening to it. Before I even realized it's hip-hop or whatever, that wasn't even a genre of music for me, you know? But, like, that was definitely the, the first song I really loved. And then I went basically from there. I, I started, when I when I realized I started being interested in music, I asked my uncle and he explained it to me. And then, like, even he wasn't really into, like, hip-hop like that, but obviously he knew some stuff. So, and then he introduced Introduced me to stuff like you know Run DMC, Public Enemy, like you know the the stuff that was out in like the very late 80s and early super early 90s. That's that's how I actually got into the music. And then, and then how did you know when when you wanted to be a part of it? Not just listening to the music, but also mm-hmm. just be a part of it as as a producer, as a contributor to to this art form. This must have been '91 when I was at the, at my first kind of hip hop jam in Frankfurt, Germany. It was um, from the an organized hip hop jam from the military base. And the funny thing is, um, I went there with a friend and. Um, I remember there was a um, an MC on the stage, and like the whole experience was brand new for me because before I was just on regular parties, but this was like a hip hop jam, and there was somebody doing beatbox. I never even heard of like beatbox before or even saw it live. But when he when he did the beatbox, it blew me away, and it turned out to be that like this guy was Turbo B from from the Snap the Power. If if people remember that uh, world, this was like probably a year or some before he blew up with snap the power he used to he was based in frankfurt in the german military base and um, so he used to go to jams too and freestyling and beatboxing and everything and i found out about that later too that he was basically from snap you know the 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 group but uh that that was the first time when i was like this was so amazing to me that i wanted to be a part of all this then i from that moment on I, I I want you know I looked up everything about hip hop. I learned about graffiti, b boying, all that stuff, and I and I and then I actually started with graffiti. That's that's how my name came from too. Though DJ Legal comes from the graffiti basically, because I started out with some tags and some some throw ups and stuff, and and all my friends around they they didn't even know what hip hop is, so they all only knew that what I'm doing with the graffiti is illegal. That's why they called me always the illegal one, and that's that's how I took the name for my DJ name. So then you get into producing, and then what? I guess what is what are the influences that kind of got you into what? I mean, hip hop influences, or even any music influences that got you right, right. into the producing side of of you know where you are now. Right, right. Um, just to say real quick, like the, um, I, I I threw a party myself in ninety two. Yeah, just a year later, basically after ninety one. And um, it happened that the DJ didn't show up. And, you know, back then there was no cell phones or anything. I called his house, nobody there. So I didn't know what to do. And I had a full house. It was it was a small, you know, like a youth center, like a, a small party. But still, I had over 100 people there. So what I had to do is I, I went home and I picked up my grades. And I had just like barely one grade with like probably, I don't know, 30, 40 records, mostly um, full albums. And what I did, I was spinning myself basically without even knowing what DJing is like that you know and um so I got thrown into the cold water basically and I played just the songs that I like no experience as a DJ but everybody was telling me after that night it was a dope party and that that's what got me into DJing then after that obviously I looked everything up too again you know how it was back in the days when you have to really learn the art and and everything and I just can't go on Google 
Um, and then, and then you know, it's a, it's a small step from from DJing into like producing. Once you you go into real DJing with beat chuckling and everything and beat structures, then it's really just a super small step to producing. Um, so, the, so, the, so who who uh, for you? Who was the first, I guess, producer that you or DJ that you kind of heard that um, um, when you said like? Well, also when you said I want to do this, I want to make these type of beats, or you know, right, I, right. Yeah, I mean, the the really like the first, honestly, yeah, the first beats that really catched me like that was um, Primo, mm. um, because I liked it that beats so much. So I I actually looked it up on the record, and like I admit, I haven't even really paid that much of attention to the producer as as you know as an individual part of the culture. But um, I love that I, I just put on the instrumentals and let them even run for like a long time, and, and was scratching to it and stuff, and then I was like. Yeah, then, then I looked up the labels and then I, I read all the names, obviously, you know, Large Professor, DJ Premier and stuff. And then that's what got me aware of like, okay, they actually doing the beats. And I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit different too then because I grew up in Germany where, you know, you far away from New York and like the early 90s where all the hip hop was like really going up, you know, and, and here it was pretty tough. There was no internet, you, a small hip hop scene. There was not many people out here to, you could actually talk talk to and and you know and and talk about hip-hop like that so you i was for a big part all on my own and had to discover everything myself but yeah like those names like large professor easy Moby, and dj premier that's like the first producers i i recognized and and realized and they had a certain style and shit and you know worked with with uh, certain artists and stuff so that's that's what got me into producing i guess so, I, so for me, I understand. I feel like I understand if an individual producer sits down in studio, right, by himself or herself, or whatever, at home and creates a beat. I kind of feel like I understand that workflow. But you know, as I mentioned, you're of course part of this amazing team of producers, uh, the Snow Goons, um, mm-hmm. and you guys are made up of four, 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 four producers or DJs. Um, so for you, what is that when creating a beat? Or creating an album, let's say, what what is that workflow like when when there's four of you in a room, or maybe not even in a room, kind of maybe in your individual homes? Like, how does how does that like, workflow work? I mean, how do you do? You, does someone create you know, like someone create a section of the beat, or like what happens? Yep, like you said, it's like we are four guys in the Snogoons, Chase, Custer, Signature, Dead Gunner, and myself, and um, we basically work in individual on on music, of course, because uh, we are even spread out in Germany, and and Signature is from from Denmark. So, like you said, it's not like we're sitting all in a room, but we we obviously we do sometimes sessions where we meet together and you know work on some music but for the majority everybody's gonna do his own beats and uh, thanks to the technology we we definitely sending around all our uh, beats sometimes it's like super rough beats skeletons of like just beats even sometimes just samples like for for instance like sometimes i already when i hear a sample and i know yo this this sounds some signature kind of type style right so i'm I'm just going to forward it to him because i already know he will really freak it you know and and the other way around and then on top um we not only um like once you know sometimes i have some ideas everybody in the team has has their specialties like signature has like those hard hitting drums when i ever know i need a beat like that then i just send him maybe a sample and then we work together on some stuff or chase custer he's a very talented guy man he he plays a couple different instruments so he's really um dope with like playing extra keys to it so if i have because i'm honestly i'm 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 pretty weak when it comes to like playing own stuff i'm i'm really more sample based i like to loop and chop it up and stuff 
so it's it's kind of like in the group everybody has their own specialty a little bit too though and that's but overall i guess that's what makes the team great you know everybody contributes everybody brings in their his own creativity and talent and that's that's what makes the the snowguns i guess so successful too you know because we have first of all a, a big outlet because we are four guys who's doing beats and we are basically four heads that that you know put their put all the their power and force together um, DJ, like, I want to turn to the album uh, Um To me, it, it seems like it, it, it's kind of your the Snowgoons ode to uh, New York hip hop or slash the '90s era of hip hop. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I, and you kind of touched on it before, but why that era over? I guess any eras before it, or even today's era. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because we obviously mainly grow up in that kind of era. That's that's uh, especially for me. I can talk for myself which is pretty much for the other guys too but that was really the time when i started active into hip-hop and um experienced everything like even traveling to new york in the mid 90s visiting like um rocksteady champs and stuff you know and um so that's that's obviously that that kind of era that touched us the most in a way as far as like experience and everything um so it's just i guess kind of natural to pay kind of homage you know to that kind of era and then plus on top if i look at my playlist from from nowadays is i'm open to new music i listen to a lot of new stuff too though but those 90s classics like even the 80s but like all these joints they are always in my daily playlist anyway you know whenever i drive with the car or whatever you will always find these joints always in my playlist i never get tired of basically and so i think it's just a natural step to to pay our contribution to to that era you know i'm from a time period where the name originated in the 90s when every group of solo had their own flows for each album in the store set its own bar the go to ever for me is only a metaphor i'm timeless right, and, and, and i think the interesting about the album is that even though like you know it's it's a 90s era ode um, you have artists on this album are like Razcast, Cycle S, OC, Dress from Black Sheep. You have even Chris Rivers, Big Pun's son, Locksmith, Token out of Boston, you know, Massachusetts, who's like only 18 years old, Dilated Peoples, Artifacts, Conway, and many more. Uh, so these are artists that are generationally, they're different. So is there, I guess for you, is there, or what is the common element uh, all these MCs had that made it a perfect fit for the the goon bap album i mean you know obviously the 90s is 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 was the main theme for the album but um we just don't didn't want to be too one-dimensional you know so we always adding like something different like you already mentioned conway for example he's he's pretty much i would say probably one of the the most left out artists on this album in a in a in the sentence looking at the 90s theme album right but um it's always interesting for us to work with new people and and like I said, we don't want to be too one-dimensional, you know. We want to keep it a little bit open, and we always like to support um, young or new artists or upcoming artists. That that was always the thing with the Snowguns as well from the first album on. We always put on like some unknown people because it's not only up to the name for us. It's like you know, if you're talented and if you're cool, or we 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 basically like fox with your music, you know, then then we down with you, and then then we down to build. So that that was always our politics, you know. It's not like it's not only up about only the names to like hunting oh yeah who got the biggest name and you know whatever like who who could do the best for us whatever it's it's really more based on the music i feel like as a, as as producers you 
you guys, it, it would hurt you, right? If you were very, I seem like very selective with which, like you said, like what artists you should work with. Uh, so it seems like that you, you guys have to know like all, not, I know it's impossible to know all MCs that are out there, but majority of MCs that are out there. So how much of, of, uh, kind of an artist's, uh, discography do you have to hear before you know that they will be a good fit for you guys as a producing team? I mean, obviously it always starts with one joint and, um, so it's maybe sometimes it's a hit and miss because, you know, you can, you can have a dope artist in front of you and listen to, to one song and this song just don't really do it for you. And then you basically skip the whole artist, you know, obviously that can happen, but, um, you know, for the, for the most time I give like certain artists, like second or third or whatever, try and listen to, I, I look up people, you know, that's like what I like to do. Like it's, it is still like in the nineties back then you, you just bought some records you never even heard of, or, or like, you know, you just had to buy it and then listen at home. And it's kind of like the same. I, I ex- explore and, and found new people and then I listen to it and, you know, and then I obviously look them up and stuff. So it's, it's, it's hard to say how many songs or, or the whole, you know, whatever catalog they have or whatever. But, you know, sometimes it's enough to hear like two songs and you already know, okay, th- you know, he's on some dope stuff. Like I can, I can say for an example, um, that happened with uh, Epidemic. Like I, I heard the name and I, I think I, I, I heard the song before, but wasn't really paying attention because you know how this is so much music out there. And I was in Boston with um, Adam from UndergroundHipHop.com, and oh, nice. he, he was telling me about the guys again, and, um, and I was like, all right, yeah, I will, I will look them up though. And then, and then I, I actually seriously looked them up and. And then I was like, damn, yeah, man. And then I, I didn't even know that I knew Hex One as a solo, basically, rapper before kind of I, I, I heard the name. And um, and then I realized and I was like, oh, OK, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's a perfect fit, though. They, they're definitely on also on some 90s kind of music, you know. So sometimes it comes together like this. It's it's always I think it's a hit and miss, though. There's a track I really like. I mean, I like a all the tracks on the album but one track that kind of really stood out to me was um my advice featuring the late great Pumpkinhead. or how did that collaboration come together well to be honest that joint is uh is obviously a very old um joint because uh right. rest in peace to Pumpkinhead. when um when he passed away i had to look up on my old hard drive like the very first snow goons hard drive I wanted to to dug out some pictures because I remember we took some pictures back then and um, to post some pictures basically. And then I, I I looked at the hard drive and then I found this folder with the music files that we when we did the session back then in 2006 because he he appeared on the um, German Lugus album our first album in 2007 and um, and then I realized like there is some more files in there and I I. I dig deeper in the folder and then I saw there was a second song and then all of a sudden it came to me I was like yeah we did two songs back then but you know back then we just went for the 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 song that we felt more fit to the album back then and then we used it and the other one basically just got dusted and forgotten in the folder now obviously we remixed it the, the song because the you know we didn't even have the files to this beat anymore that the original beat but since it's um, it's our own song, it's 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 technically not really a remix, so because it never appeared either, right? So, right. and then we we said we had to release this song, man. Like it's you know that's that's our way to to 
pay our homage and, and tribute to, to an artist that passed, you know, that's the best way to keep the music alive, basically. And um, as a Snowgoons fan, I guess you noticed, like, on the last three albums, there is always the last spot is reserved for Viral the Virus, who also passed away. Mm -hmm. And we always put on an, an unreleased remix or something um, on the last spot. But this round, we, we thought it's definitely appropriate to put um, Pumpkinhead on there. Listen, yo, yo, listen, man, I'm one of the greatest, welcome, one and all, I'm glad you had patience, have a seat, get comfy, open your ears, listen to my words, relax, I'll end all your fears, see for years I've been grinding on the hustle, struggling to get uh, on. The beat of that, that, that track um, it seems to be a, a, either like a violin or maybe a, some sort of keyboard. Yeah, it's a ensemble, yeah. Uh, I was so curious. I, I, I really, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a weird sucker for violins and hip hop. <laughs> um, so how do you know? Like, what? How do you know what kind of flow works? I guess best for with a violin as the sample, and then for you, can any artist spit over a violin, or is it just a certain artist that does that well? Mm, yeah, I think it works pretty much with everybody. I guess it, it depends also, you know, on the all overbeat, I guess, the, the programming and everything. I kept for this for this remix, for example, I kept the, the, the beat programming. I kept it pretty similar to the original one. It was just like the old sample that that, that original version that Pumpkinhead spit on um, was kind of like almost an off-loop sample because I think it, this must have been a beat from like 2001 or something when I just started doing beats with that for the Snow Goons and um, it wasn't really good sounding I would say you know but like Pumpkinhead still managed to spit on that beat back then and now with the newer version it's it's, it's then it came out actually really nice because then you know it was it just fitted even better like which is kind of weird but obviously you know it, a lot of stuff is, is you can actually take a beat or like a, a song if you would take out the sample and leave the same drums on there and you can switch it with like a lot of different um uh, sounds and samples, you know, and the other way around is more difficult. Like sometimes the artists, they go, even if they go with the sample, they actually truly mainly spit to like the drums, obviously, you know, because yeah. um, if it's a standard beat, it's a standard beat, but you know, sometimes you program like a couple more kicks or the snare is sitting on a different spot and stuff. And then it's that, then it begins to get more complicated if you're trying to remix that. Because if you, if you use a totally different programming, it might work, but sometimes it just don't work. Love hip hop, a lesson in life to follow and avoid roadblocks. You need advice? I got it. Pay close attention. These are some of the tools and use them with wise discretion. A seminar for the youth that love hip hop, a lesson in life to follow and avoid roadblocks. And avoid roadblocks. Uh, one thing I, I feel like I, all your all, all the snow this, you go through the snow goons uh, discography and the, and uh, what stands out to me a lot is is the art on the cover the cover art and then mm -hmm. with the Goombap album you guys are using cover art or cover art's done by uh, the artist Dan Leash. Um, yes. So kind of in an age where it seems like you know obviously downloading is the thing right. Um, mm. Why, why, I guess, why continue to, why reach out to Dan to do the cover art and to make sure that kind of your cover art's on point for this album or for any of your albums? Right. I mean, like I said before, though, it's like, our main focus is still the music, though, before even the business point, you know, obviously, there is a business side, and we have to take care of the business side as well. But 
for us, it's more important to have an overall package and still coming from the 90s age where you, you know, collecting records and like studying the, the artwork and stuff like that. That's something I'm definitely missing in nowadays age. Like you said, it's all downloads. People don't even um, sometimes like don't even know the albums like, you know, it's it's just um it's 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 obviously it's a different age, you know, but we holding on a little bit to that kind of the, the 90s where you really had like the artwork and, and actually speaking about the vinyl, I just had in the vinyl yesterday, it arrived finally yesterday and it, it just blew me away again because now, you know, I, I just seen, obviously I see the graphic on the computer and I see the CD in my hands since December, but now holding the vinyl in my hands, it's like, that's when the artwork like really pops out and like, it's just so dope, you know, it's, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, when, when, um, when we, when we found Dan Leash online, I was, um, already very impressed with his art and we were saying like, yo, this is a perfect match. You know, he, he does all that nineties artist stuff though. And, and he has his own style. It looks very dope. We hit him up and he first basically told us he's too busy, but then I sent him some music, um, to, you know, make sure he know what we about basically. And then he got back with some feedback and, um, was realizing what we want to do and then he was down so that that was really good that it worked out uh, you mentioned something just now about the the business side of of of, of the music um and I, you know i was listening to an interview that you did with uh debt um you're talking about kind of your history you know teaming up in the 90s and then how and you said something like i started to do music just for the fun it was fun for me mm-hmm. um and then now you're 20 years later you're 20 something years later um with the business side of the game, do you find yourself struggling between making music for fun versus kind of making music to live? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's definitely not easy, you know. I mean, you know, we never wanted to be a label, or I wanted never actually really personal be involved in all that business stuff. That's why we was from beginning on looking for a label, and when we found Baby Grand, it was first a good hit. But you know how it is sometimes business. Um, doesn't really work out like you think or whatever. And uh, that's why we founded our own label, Goon Music. And we we never actually founded Goon Music as a label to signing other artists and, and being actually a label. It was more like a platform for our own music to have our own freedom and release our own stuff on our own schedule. That was the main idea behind Goon Music. Now I got obviously um, more into that business side and I'm, I'm cool with it though because we have a good distribution, everything runs smooth. It's like we bake in smaller bread, you know, and our our main goal is not to hit like the charts, you know, so there's no really pressure and that's cool because so so we're still able to do our music that we want to do on our schedule and have our creativity, freedom and everything. That's that's the most important thing for us. Uh, so, you know, we're talking I'm in New York and you're in you're in Germany and and, you know, and when we're emailing back and forth, you mentioned that, you know, and you mentioned now you're in Germany and, and uh, I think a signature is in Denmark, correct? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, when you when the Snowgoons work with um, artists from the United States, um, how does I guess how does working with you just say let's just say you're just working with U.S. artists? Um, mm-hmm. How does that? How does working with non I guess German artists help the culture within your own country? Right. You mean basically the difference to the to the hip hop scene over here and and to the states and and the workflow and stuff. Right, yeah, exactly. Oh, and also, yeah, do, yeah. Are, are there's, I mean, I guess wondering, is there any 
quote unquote criticism that you're not you're you're working with a US artist versus like a German hip hop artist on this album. I guess that's also again back to our roots, you know, like we grew up with the 90s stuff and and back then there wasn't not much German hip hop though. The the German hip hop scene they kind of blew up the very late 90s, actually early the the early 2000s. That's when when the German hip hop scene like really um, became more powerful and, and actually more of a real hip hop scene, you know, before it was, there was like independent, a lot of independent artists and uh, we was working here and there, or I, especially I, I started also a, a German crew in the mid nineties, but for some reason it was never really my thing though, even it was my language, you know, but mm-hmm. um, I just never got into German hip hop a hundred percent like that. It, I, I can't really explain it what it is though because you know I I like more music foreign music like especially American music not because it is only the the because that's where it come from it's just also like there is certain things like I wouldn't say the flow of the rapper or like a beat you know it's it's I it's really hard to 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 describe and 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 explain how how this difference is because nowadays I see also hip hop is is you know becoming like grown up in a way if you, if you want to if you want to look at it as a as a person mm-hmm. when it was born in new york now it's like traveling the world you know like being in in their 40s or whatever and traveling the world like i can really see especially in europe obviously since i tour a lot here every country in europe now has its own hip hop scene and and especially also the the german hip hop scene which is told is one of the the biggest after the american hip hop scene as far as the power and sales and everything um all the kids they grown up now like even like you know kids nowadays basically like in the age between 15 and 20 or whatever they only listen to german hip-hop for example in germany like the majority because that's what they listen to while they growing up you know and i guess because i growing up listening to american music that's why i'm still stuck so much to american music it's it's sometimes it's i don't know if i should uh, think about it as a positive or negative effect about it because on one side, I wish these kids would know the roots and where everything is coming from, you know, and pay a little bit respect here and there. On the on the flip side, I totally understand. Like, you know, you have to you don't have to be a hip hop nerd and know everything about like the '90s or underground or whatever. But it's 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 and it, and it's beautiful to see that hip hop goes this far, you know, like um, developing an own like like let's say a German hip hop thing, you know, like kids that never even heard pretty much any American rappers or whatever, but like they spitting in German and that's their thing, you know, and it it just grew totally away from from the New York thing though. So it's 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 always it's hard to say if this is good or bad. I don't I mean I don't think it's actually bad, but like I said, in a way I wish. There would be still like some link ups to the to the roots and stuff, you know. Uh, d- for you, does production? I was curious, language wise, does 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 production change when you're producing for, I guess, a uh, English speaking MC versus, let's say, like a German speaking MC? Absolutely not. That was also one of the reasons why we start working with more American artists because. Obviously, I, I tried to, you know, hook up with some German artists in the in the late 90s, whatever, when I started really doing beats. And a lot of a lot of these rappers was telling me, like, yo, you should work with some American artists. Your beat sounds very American. And and I never understood because 
I'm not, first of all, I'm not trying to sound like anything, you know, okay. I just do, do myself. And then I didn't really, un and, and I can understand that you, you know, you're doing probably like a, let's say a boom bap orientated beat instead of a, like a whatever, like a more electronic sounding beat or whatever. But like, what is the difference between an American and a German beat? You know, I know, I know guys from over here, they, they do their beats on MPC or SP 1200. And it sounds like straight from the nineties could out be out of the D and D studio or whatever. Right. And then, and the other way around, like some guys, I know that I don't really that's not my sound but they sound like whatever like a, a swiss beats or whatever you know or, or even whatever so it's like it's, it's in my opinion it's kind of a little bit stupid to say like this sounds like an american beat i do understand that they probably mean like the roots of the 90s or whatever but overall a beat is a beat you know ultimately and so i never understood why they were saying like yeah it sounds a lot like american like hip-hop you should work with american artists but ultimately that pushed us to to obviously work more with american artists than is it? I mean, I, I imagine it's it's obviously. I mean, like you, you know, with the with the age of the internet and email, it's it's easier to create these albums because you on a on a on a better on a on a lower budget scale because you don't have mm -hmm. to fly everywhere to right. Um, but do you? I mean, is there for you a difference between? Um, creating i guess an album in st or album in studio with the artist being there versus kind of creating the beat and then emailing the beat to the artists and then them emailing you back yeah obviously it's a you know it's a greater and bigger experience um to to work with the artist in the studio obviously like you said also money wise and stuff and time wise it's not possible to do that with every single song but with the goonbeb album we, we still do like that you know, recording while we on tour. It's it's mostly a little bit more planned out nowadays. Plus, um, back then we we mainly was working only with artists over here in Europe while they on tour. Now we are you know a lot of times in the states and then actually go into the studio there. For example, the Artifacts joint was like that. Me and L we go back for a while and we was already talking about doing an Artifacts song like even way before the idea of the Goombap album. But um, while we decided to do the Goombap and have a 90s theme, I was like, yo, L, we need to put up this Artifacts joint, finally, Artifacts and Snow Goons, and it's a 100% dope fit for the Goombap album. And I was in Philly at the time, and then I hit him up, and he's like, yeah, well, we in Jersey, like, let's see what, what the schedule is like. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I have a car, I just pick your guys up, and we go to the studio. And that's that's how it went down, basically. I drove New Jersey, picked them up, and um, Sean Strange hooked up a studio in Queens, and then we just recorded there. And then funny, like, two weeks later, they was on tour in Europe. And then we did the video already there in Switzerland. So it's kind of a crazy constellation, like, you know, for a German guy picking up the New Jersey crew, recording <laughs> in New York, and then doing a couple of weeks later the video with a Canadian film crew, Wellworth, um, in, in Switzerland, Basel. Like, it's just, if you look at the globe, it's kind of crazy. But that's how hip hop is, you know, it brings everything together. That's the beauty of it. I'm speaking. Of, I'm speaking of doing albums, and yeah, you obviously like the Boom Bap album's uh, album of collaborations with you know a bunch of artists. But you've also, you know, Snow Goons have also done albums, entire albums with like MOP, Onyx, Reef the Lost Cause, etc. Um, if you can, like, can you just take a moment and really quickly kind of speak on what drew you to working with them? But then also, how did each of these collaborations come together with everyone in different countries? Mm -hmm. 
definitely, man. Um, yeah, it's safe to say that like the Reef album was the first album that we worked with a single artist on a whole album. It was a different experience, though, because, you know, like you said, the Snowguns album mainly, some people even just don't even look at them as albums. They're like compilations or whatever. But um, it's it's definitely a different workflow if you be focused on just one artist. That's why I think we could, let's say, personalize the music a little bit better, you know, because, I mean, it's 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 even for the regular Snowguns album, it always starts with the beats for us. And then we be trying to imagine who could fit on that beat. And then we trying to reach out or, or try to hook it up. But working with Reef, um back then, it was a very good experience because, it's just like seeing how songs song for song coming together and make it like even a more rounder album. Cause obviously on a compilation as the regular Snowguns album, you have lesser influence on, on every single artist to, you know, to create your album basically. But like working with on one artist, it was way easier and, um, we could go into the studio and talk about ideas and stuff. And that was just a different workflow. And then when we did the MOP album, is we wanted always to work with MOP from from beginning on. Obviously, we big MOP fans, and we just never had the chance to work together. And um, while we were sending them some beats um, for that was originally just for one song, basically. Then they liked it, the beats a lot, though, and then they was mentioned we should do more songs. And then instantly, like the idea was born for an album, basically. Um, so it turned from one song to, to an whole album. And then pretty much the same happened with Onyx because, um, we was on tour with MOP at the time to promote the Sparta album with MOP. And then we had one show together with Onyx and, um, it was the same. We never worked with Onyx before and we always wanted to do that. Um, I just never had the chance to really meet the guys in person. And, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like hitting somebody up on the internet and be like, yo, how much for a verse? You know, I mean, yeah. That's how it is more or less nowadays, and it's nothing bad against it, though. I just like to personally connect with people, you know. It's like just a very few people that we worked with that we have never met or don't have, like, some sort of relation. And anyway, by we had this crazy MOP and um, Onyx show in Munich, Germany, and we was chilling backstage. And then I was talking to Fred Rowe, and I think he didn't even, obviously he didn't know who I was or whatever. I showed him the, the MOP album and I gave it to him. And then um, he was like, okay, I will check it out. Let's see, let's see. And then a couple of days later, um, I tried to hit him up on email. He didn't respond first. So I was like, all right, whatever this, you know, it's not going, whatever. But then he actually answered and it's just because, you know, he was still on tour, obviously, and um, didn't have really much time. And then he was like, he was telling me that he really liked the, the MOP album and um, we should do the same thing. And I was like, oh, OK. So again, I was just basically my idea was one song and it turned into a whole album. And um, so that's that's how it basically started. And then the Onyx album came out crazy dope and. Um, I'm very proud that we could launch this project on our own label, Goon Music. So everything was in-house again and in our hands. And yeah, it went very far, I would say, especially for our brand name, for everybody's name. So we will keep going on with those projects as well. And we had another project in the meantime, too, with Sean Strange and PMD from EPMD. Yeah. The Goondocks, which is um, also part two in work right now. So, you know, beside like the regular um, Snowguns album, we will definitely keep up with with those um, individual albums, though, because I think the good part is even if we if we in that boom bap whatever category, 
we still pretty much versatile with our productions up to the four producers in the team, you know, to, to make a whole album sound interesting. That's, I guess, a big part, Dudo, because, you know, you don't want to hear like the same song over and over again, obviously, on an album. Uh, he's DJ Legal. He's part of the amazing, amazing group, uh, Snow Goons. Uh, latest album was Goom Bap out December 12, 2016. Uh, DJ Legal, thank you so much for joining me on the library with Tim Einenkel on rapstation.com. Thanks a lot for the interview, too, man. Much respect. <laughs> One, two, one, two, yeah. One, two, one, two, yeah. Yeah. Band is advantage and pen and winning quotes. I land this in dope. Plan in Jersey, commanding for hope. Communicators float, cloud smoke, radiate the folks. Deadly strokes, alias tailored to kill when we provoke. Up to speed, combined teams, solid knees, double squeeze. Hand on the pump, trouble from hustling for cheese. German bees, cars with streets, chronicle on sheets. Honorable and most responsible for tagging on the creep. Incomparable heat, top elite, spot day to feed. Hottest, modest, but motherfuckers get bodied over beats. More than fascinating for roaches and focused boss in charges regardless no expiration dated inflated for operation daily occupation dictated through shots we taken admiration fell not just in the belt we a box set not to average duo jersey run niggas can't handle the heat rare scrambling noise jersey boys pop toys rock filling the void cool about artifacts niggas can't handle the heat rare scrambling noise jersey boys pop toys rock filling the void Friends bliss, social chatter, like hot. I'm a rapper considered hard rocking after. No longer satisfied with just battling guys. All that work you cry and die, survivors don't advertise. My type of English, you should fight and extinguish. It's been documented, people done seen it. It's not a secret, how convenient. Or trip the queens in between shows on the weekend. We done creeped in, jumping off the deep end. Destined, no question, blessing sessions, we invested. In the future, like children, artifacts, glittery skill blends. Empty hip hop spots, we filled them. When we killed them, we still in the building. Put emphasis on the wrong syllables. And lots of battles, stopping through Jersey. Dirty controversy, non stop. Rock from two to one thirty. Picked off teams with plastic sports, with working beatings. Can't handle the heat, rare scrambling noise. Jersey boys, pop toys, rock filling the void. Cool back, on the back. Facts. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.